to Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Kingdom Come. I'm glad you're tuning in, and we are going to continue from last week because God has given us this mandate to call people back to God and to prepare His bride for His return. Thank you, my friends, for joining us here in the studio. And we are glad because together we get to broadcast this message to the nations. You know, last week we are talking about the importance of a pure heart. And this is the message that God put on my heart as I was praying and traveling before him. And he said to me, everything comes out of a lifestyle of purity, a lifestyle of holiness. So we want to expound and to really delve into this thing and find out how can we actually receive and partake and live this lifestyle. Because it's not just one-time experience, but it is a lifestyle that God is calling us to. Amen? Amen. You know, it was believed by the ancients, you know, in the old days that the intellect or the brain is where your intellect resided. And so it was the most important part of the human being. But then it was also believed that your heart is where your affections resided. So then it became the most important part of the person. And so when the Bible talks about the heart, uses the word heart, really it talks about affection. And so when we talk about having a pure heart, really God is saying have pure affection. Because the word heart is simply a figure of speech. Because what is a heart? I mean, it's just a piece of meat in your body. So you're not going to say, oh, I'm just going to give you this meat, piece of meat in my body to God. Really not. But he's, because your heart is the seat of your affection, and so really... As a figure of speech, it's the heart, but really practically and realistically and re, uh, living it out as part of your everyday existence, God is saying, I want your affection. Okay? So now we want to really delve in into what, why is it important for us to pursue a pure heart? Amen? And we talked about different reasons why you should pursue a pure heart. Why it's important? Because until we are persuaded until we are convinced that it's that important. We can't really pursue it. Amen? Men don't pray and fast and seek out what they don't value, what they don't think it is of that necessity. Amen? And so the Lord led me to first lay this foundation uh, for you and I that we have to be convinced that a pure heart is not an option. It's mandatory. If we are going to really be the church, the ecclesia, if we are going to see the kingdom of God come upon us, manifest in us, and then be released through us to touch the hurting world around us. And so we want to continue. Point number seven. The pure heart attracts God's happiness. In other words, a heart that is pure enjoys happiness in God. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. He says, blessed or happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so we wanted to really 
stay there for a few minutes. It says, blessed or happy are those of a pure heart. Now, many people are looking for happiness. I'll be happy when I get a promotion. I'll be happy when I make X amount of money. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I achieve this. Everybody is looking for some kind of happiness. But the word of God tells us that happy are those of a pure heart. Because God says that a pure heart releases blessing. But here, I want you to notice this. That here, that a pure heart is attached to holiness. And holiness is attached to happiness. In other words, these go together. If we want to pursue happiness in this life, he says, pursue a pure heart. Because if you pursue just happiness by itself, you are missing out. Because happiness is a result of a pure heart. Amen? And, and so he says, if you pursue holiness, you're going to have a result of a pure heart. You see, true Christianity is lived out in the heart. The purity of heart. Cleansing from all defilement. Contamination of this world. Amen? And the affection or the heart must be kept from all the corruption that is of this world. That's what the Bible tells us. First John chapter 2 verse 16. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You see, because if we are going to achieve this pure heart, as I'm going to show you today in the Word of God, we have to be intentional. We have to be vigorous. We have to be diligent. Because a lot of it hangs on it. Amen? And so God says, point number eight, that a pure heart releases our ability to see God. He says, for they shall see God. Those with pure affections. And in, in Colossians chapter uh, 3 verse 2, he says, set your affections. You see, I like the way he didn't say set your heart. He says, Paul says to the Colossians, beloved, I want you to set your affections on those things that are above. And not on the things of this world. Because what is in of the world is the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes. And those are the things that corrupt our affections. And when our affections are corrupted, we cannot enter into the happiness of heaven. Into the happiness that God will bestow upon us and upon those who will seek the purity of heart. This is the perfection of the soul to see God. To see God as he is in our present situation is heaven on earth. Beloved, many are praying for heaven to come down, for the kingdom of God to come and, and touch earth. But God says, if you have a pure heart, already there's an opening. There's a possibility. I'm going to show you. God promises only those, only those with a pure heart can see him. Can seek him here in our present situation. As heaven on earth. But then we can see him in the heavens of heavens. At the fullness of time. But if that promise. Nobody can claim the promise. Except you have a pure heart. And that's why it is of utmost necessity. For you and I. To 
pursue this to look in the word of God because in the beatitude Jesus is setting it's like the constitution of heaven it's like blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God amen and so if we want to see God invade our city God, let me tell you we are wondering why is revival tearing in the earth why are we having prayer meetings and fast Fastings and festivals, gatherings of prayer and worship, and we, we, we have a great gathering, a great event, but then the next day, the city has not changed, the climate of the city hasn't changed, the community didn't, didn't even know what happened, except that the believers gathered and had a good time. Amen? I'm asking myself, and I'm going before God, how come we cannot release all the things available for the church, for you and I, but how come we fall short of the glory, of the happiness, and the promise of having heaven come and change our cities? And one day the Holy Spirit said to me, Son, the answer is most people, you, actually he made it personal, he said, you are trying to work for me. You see, I'm not looking for your works. I'm looking for you. You see, and he said to me, Andrew, I want you to marry me. Marry you. What does that mean? You see, there is an intimacy that goes on in a marriage. And then for years, I was walking on the street, going to the market in Romania, and the Holy Spirit kept going, marry me. I said, Lord, what does that mean? And he said, marriage, it means that you prefer me over every other lover's. That there is no other love beside me. You don't have any other man. You don't have any other one that is taking your affection. You are living a life of singleness. A life of unity. Of oneness with me. Marry me. You see beloved. Revival. Actually as a matter of fact. We don't need more revival. Than we need a great awakening. Because really, what is revival? Revival is new life. But we have the new life in Christ. But what we need is an awakening from the slumber and from the drooling that is in the church. And I say it with all love and with all respect, we need to wake up to the reality that the gospel of the kingdom of God is given to those and the power of God is entrusted to those men and women that will persevere in the character and in the nature of God that is holiness because the utmost and the highest attribute of God is holiness. That's why he says you can do the other great things. That's why I was in Romania and as I walked and I'm frustrated and God says I want you to marry me. And I'm saying Lord what does that mean? He says forget about the ministry. I want you undivided. I want your soul. I want your spirit. I want your affection. I don't want any other thing that is taking your, your, your attention. I want you to be fully given and fully turned over. Throw away the keys. Don't even sit in the back seat. Go in the trunk. And it doesn't matter where it takes you. Because right now, it doesn't matter. It's not about you. But he's become your issue, your husband. And you, you follow where he takes you. Amen. Beloved, this is the call. This is the call that God is putting on. This is the call 
the perfection of the of the heart is to see God to see God here in our present situation is to see heaven's reality in the earth when you walk on the streets to see heaven's reality walking with you because the Bible says Jesus said these signs shall follow them I believe you see these are signs that are supposed to accompany you and I but how come we seem to fall short of these signs and the wonders and the power of the gospel that is there why because God dwells in the place of holiness and that's why he says that if you're going to be happy if you're going to see me for who I really am and for you to be fascinated and to see me face to face you've got to have a pure heart second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord listen to this are transformed or changed into the same image from glory to glory even by the Spirit of the Lord to see him we have to go through what I will call a spiritual metamorphosis. We have to go through the peeling and the Holy Spirit transforming us, transfiguring us into the very image of the man we're going to marry. Because he wants us clean for he's clean. Isn't that good news? But he's laid out here. We're not out there to struggle on our own and we hope we make it. No, the keys are here. All the tools are given. We just have to apply them and we have to pursue them. Amen. Beloved, you and I, we have the ability to see God. You have the ability to see God. But he says we have to yield to the working of the Spirit. And he's going to begin by convicting our slumberness and our sleepiness that we have really embraced and we are holding on to it in the church. I want God, but not enough that I'll lose my self-will. I want God, but not if he's going to cross me and uh, to the other side and ask me to give up my idols. Hallelujah. You see, to see him and be like him and be satisfied with that likeness. That's what Psalm 17 verse 15 gives us. He says, as for me, I'll see your face in righteousness. And I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. What is going to fascinate you and satisfy you is when you see God. It's not another religion. It's not another theology degree. It's not another seminar class. It's when you encounter your creator, your husband, your Jesus, and you encounter him, and you see him face to face. He changes everything. That's what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus. He had an encounter with Jesus, and everything changed. Instead of going to murder the church, he became a, a, a preacher of the gospel, saving the church and reaching souls. Why? Because he had not just an experience with man, but he had an experience with a living Christ. And that Christ commissioned him, touched him, transformed his heart, transformed his life. And he was blazing. Why? Because when you look into his eyes, the fire in his eyes begin to pierce your eyes. And then you, he, you can't see him. And be the same. 
That's why it says that we behold. The more we behold him, the more we are transformed. Why? Because his gaze pierces and transforms our inner man. Not your physical, but your inner man into the likeness of the one that has captivated your spirit. Beloved, this should be the groaning and the desire and the pursuit of every heart out there that wants to see God. You want to see revival? You want to see an awakening? It's time for you to prepare an altar for him to come. Because it's ours. It's ours. But he has to come and sit and abide in a place of holiness. And that is a pure heart. That's why blessing and happiness is connected. You see, somebody asked me. One time they came to the office. And they're looking for counseling. They have tried every program. And I, and I said, I am going to give you 15 minutes. And they went on for 15 minutes. Telling me how everything is wrong. And I said, you know what you need? To be happy, you just need to turn over your heart, all your affections. Because when you don't have all these other affections that are overpowering the good affections, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to worry about. Because you have been emptied of all these lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes and the fruit of the spirit remains. Amen. And when, it, when the, only the fruit of the spirit is remaining, you have no time to, because it's love, it's joy, it's peace. You have no moment to be depressed. This could be really the, I'm, I'm telling you, you are counselor out there, or you are out there depressed, seek a pure heart. Because God says when you seek it, you're going to find happiness. Because all the pollution and all the defilement of the world, as God begins to sanctify, as I will show you on this journey, then the fruit of the Spirit, the things that attract God, the things that please God, are remaining. And then you find that you're no longer walking in strife. You're no longer condemning yourself. Why don't I have this? Why haven't I achieved this? You are secure in who you are because you are in the, in the center of, of the hands of your lover. the one that I, And he's captivating you and he's piercing you by his gaze every day. It's a different reality. It's a different reality, beloved. You see, David... Psalm 27, verse 4. Listen, he was a king, he was a warrior, but look at his one pursuit, if I may share this with you. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek. It's not, no, I'm not going to just talk about it. He says, one thing I have desired and I will seek. Beloved, when you seek something, you're not just all looking there and then you, 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 you go home. It might be like a, a needle in a haystack. It's going to take a while. So you better pace yourself. And you better know what you're seeking. Because if you don't know what you're seeking, after a few minutes, after a little while, you're going to give up when you haven't seen. But he said, this one thing, and he puts it on pen, and he declares it. This one thing have I desire of the Lord, and I will seek. His intentional, his purpose in his heart. And he says, I'm going to seek this. Now, listen. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now, listen to this. To behold the beauty. To see God. 
He says, this one thing, I'm a king, I'm a warrior, I'm a general, I am successful, all the other things. But this one thing has captivated my heart. I want to dwell in his presence and I want to behold him. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> Literally, he says, I cannot get enough of it. And to inquire in his temple. Beloved, just think about what will happen in America, in, in Africa, in Europe, in, around the world. When believers make their obsession to gaze and to seek the face of the Almighty God. But just think about it. I'm not talking about having an, an event and we call it seeking. No, no, that's not seeking. I mean, seeking, you seek and you seek... <laughs> and you keep seeking until you find. It's not a request, not a petition. It's not an asking. It's a prevailing. It's a prevailing. This goes beyond what you and I exercise in these 5, five 10, 20 minute, 30 minute prayer meetings. This is seeking. This is you and God. In that place that you allocate, it's you and the Lord. Because in this place, it's not even a husband and wife thing. It's not even a, a team thing. It becomes personal. It becomes personal. Because what I'm talking about, a pure heart, is a personal experience. It's like salvation. You don't say, okay now, honey, I'm convicted. Are you convicted? Not yet. Well, then I'll drag you, but I'm convicted, so I'm going. So you'll be convicted because I'm convicted. That's not how it works. You don't try to talk your partners into, into it. You are convinced because it is a personal. I remember my mother. She prayed for me. She preached. She was a, a pastor and she still is. And, and, but I had to have an encounter with the Lord myself. And one day she came back home and I said, Mama, I found Jesus. The Holy Spirit was here in my room. He talked to me. He convicted, he preached Jesus to me. I am a sinner and I cry, I repented of everything I've ever done and others just in case. <laughs> you see, because it was, and she told me, she said, son, your, my salvation cannot save you. You have to have your own experience. And a pure heart is a personal experience. It's a personal journey, it's a personal pursuit. Amen. To see him forever and never lose sight of him. This is the happiness of heaven on earth. And when we, when we get to see him, it's just a fulfillment. But God wants us to release and have all that he is and has. Another reason why a pure heart is that important to you and I, because it will attract God's goodness. Psalm 73 verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. Is good to Israel, but even to those who have a clean heart. And so we want to see the goodness of God. We just got to wash our hearts. We got to get our heart clean. Because that is a magnet. Because God says, I am good. And he wants to be good to those of a clean heart. Another point, joy is given to those with a pure heart. Psalms 97 verse 11. It says, light shines on the righteous and joy on the upright in heart. By the way, when you read in the Bible and it says pure or clean or upright, it means the same thing. But here it says that light shines on the righteous. 
and joy on the upright in heart. Amen. Now, do we want the joy of the Lord? Do you want the joy of the Lord? Well, in Nehemiah, when they were getting all this negative information and people are talking and God's people are getting discouraged and the man of God says, no, don't, do not sorrow in Nehemiah 8 verse 10. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's why you need to have a clean heart. You and I, we need it because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We cannot afford to walk in sadness and depression and worry and anxiety. Amen? Because if you are anxious, if you are worried and depressed, you miss out on really hearing God. You know, most of the time I tell my wife, when I'm stressed out, I can't hear God. I, I need the peace. And I need the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so because of that, we God, we pursue this intentionally because I know the Bible tells us you have to guard it because out of your heart flows the issues of life. Another point, a pure heart delights God. Proverbs 11 verse 20. It says, They that are of a forward heart are an abomination to the Lord, but such are upright in their ways are his delight. Now, these are things, beloved, these are things I think we need to get a hold of because if we want the kingdom of God to invade earth, he says, if we are upright in our ways, he's delighted. And guess what? Where God is delighted, he comes to work. He comes to work and reveal himself. Amen. That's why in every city, in every country, in every community that God is moving and touching and transforming, there are people that are going on their knees and they're travailing. And really that travailing is the peeling, putting aside of the flesh so the Spirit of God can take charge. The last point I want to share with you is that a pure heart brings God's protection. Psalm chapter 7 verse 10. It says, my defense is of God, which saves the upright in heart. Who is your defense? Who is, what is your shield? Another version will say, my shield is God. Now, we want God's protection. I've gone in cities and places where I know there are warlocks and witch doctors. And, uh, and I'm telling and God, the night before, called me on my knees. And I'm travailing and I'm crying. And I'm, I'm just groaning in the spirit for hours. And I didn't know. And God the next day will say, what you're going to encounter, you're, go you're going to need a pure heart. You're going to need all these dross to be cleansed. Because if not, you don't come back alive. True story. Because the enemy is always looking for points of access. Points of entry. Because if you can find a little way to come in and, and begin to corrupt, he disables you. He, he reduces your effectiveness. I shared with you last week, one of the keys is when we have and we possess a pure heart, it increases our effectiveness in prayer, in walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God comes to work in us and with us and through us. So that when we possess a pure heart, we can cry out like David. Psalm 18 verse 2. He says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I'll trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Will you pursue a pure heart? 
we have laid out the truth in God's word. What will you do about it? Because as we have shared that God is looking for that place that has his character for him to come and impart his fullness and release his fullness through you and I. To watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, Working the Works of God, please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry, P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402.